It's time to get up and get going, South Coast. It's time for the Tim Weisberg Show on WBSM. Also streaming live on WBSM.com and on the WBSM app. Talk to Tim now at 508-996-0500 or send him a message or a voicemail through the WBSM app. And now, ready to start your day off with a bang. It's Tim Weisberg. Welcome back. Hour number two here on Wednesday morning. And room for you at 508-996-0500. We were talking in the first hour. Well, I mean, we started things off talking about this wallet hub survey report, whatever you want to call it, which is just designed to get you to click on it and share it and to get places like us to write about it. And the idea is the more eyeballs the story gets, the more they can charge for advertising on their site. So the story is that Massachusetts has been named the best place to live out of all the 50 states. That's right. We are better to live in than Florida. Well, I would agree with that. We are better to live in than California. I'm sure a lot of you would agree with that. We are better to live in than Arizona. You know, I'm thinking of the warm places here. We're better to live in than Hawaii, wildfires aside. We were ranked number one, the place to live. However, we're number 44 for affordability, which I think most people would would rank as their number one thing about where they would want to live. Can I afford to live there? And so we're toward the bottom of the list for that, but we're number one with education and and health. So, and I also think it's interesting that they combine those into one category. Uh, anyway, 508-996-0500 if you want to sound off on that. We're also talking about new information. Well, I wouldn't say new information, but at least a new statement from Representative Chris Markey regarding the Star Store and UMass Dartmouth's departure from it that really kind of lays it out as, hey, this was just the school didn't want to, couldn't afford to pay to be in that building anymore. And he talks about what he thinks the future of that building should be, which is a mixed use of residential business and retail, which I think a lot of folks would say, well, if it's not going to be the UMass campus, that would make the most sense. Uh, and then we talked a little bit about this Lizzie Borden controversy, which we can get into more as well. 508-996-0500. Good morning. You were, oh, there we go. That's that person that always yells at me. So, and, and if you want to call in and that's actually what you sound like, I, I, I apologize. I just immediately assume it's a, it's a deadline, but I don't know. Maybe that's actually somebody trying to talk to me and I'm, I just, I can't translate it. Remember those, uh, those aliens on Sesame street, the ones that would go, yep, 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 yep. I knew it was time to stop watching Sesame Street when I would watch that. And I was like, oh, I, I totally get what they're saying now. Oh, that's that's pretty funny. I was like, wait a minute. What's wrong with me? Got to stop watching this show. I'm 42 years old, damn it. Well, because see, I had... Anyway, it doesn't matter. Uh, if you 
feel strongly about that Massachusetts ranking, let me know. Because I think a lot of people are looking at what's going on in the state, the state of emergency that was just declared. I, I would just want you to say, I just want to say, I don't think that was taken into account with this because, first of all, it's not part of their formula of where they're figuring out these, these dumb rankings. And uh, also, I'm sure this was all figured out weeks and weeks and weeks ago. And then they crafted the article. And these articles are written in a way where it's you know designed to get SEO. It's designed to get people clicking on it. It's designed to get it shared. Um, but looking at some of their... I mean, WalletHub, out of all of these sites that are looking to just try to get you to share their content, WalletHub is one of the more respected ones of the bunch. And I, I don't have reason to believe that they don't actually do research because a lot of mainstream news outlets do quote wallet hub. If you go to a website, if it's like, if it's like uh turkeys of America.com ranks the number of turkeys in every state. You know what? I'd rather read that from maybe national geographic. I don't know that I would necessarily trust these random websites that seem to exist just for the purposes of promoting this one article or, or one poll or, or one bit of information. But WalletHub does have a little bit more of a strong reputation. In terms of housing costs, Massachusetts doesn't make the top five for lowest. But then again, we didn't make the top five for highest either. The lowest place to, to buy a house, the lowest cost is Iowa. I was actually joking with my friends because there's a haunted location in Iowa that's for sale. It is a big building, huge building, and it was 249000 and I think it's even gone down since then. And I'm telling them, I'm like, let's all pool in our money together. We'll run this place as a paranormal place where people can come and do ghost hunts, and I can live there. We have town square markets out that way. I can, you know, just transfer out. But it, it is amazing how low some of the prices are out there. Uh, of course, the highest place to live, California. Home ownership rate, Massachusetts doesn't rank in the top five for that, but we also don't rank in the bottom five either. But you know who does? Rhode Island. And again, these are just by wallet hubs standards. The percentage of people living in poverty we don't make the lowest, but thankfully we don't make the highest either. Uh, income growth, we don't show up in either list either. Percentage of population age 25 or older with a high school diploma or higher degree, uh, we do not rank in the top five for that, nor do we rank in the bottom five. Uh, percentage of insured population, we're number one. Of course, you know that we've had Obamacare before it was Obamacare. We have Romneycare, and so we are number one for the percentage of people that have insurance. Uh, average weekly work hours, we actually have tied for number five with that. Again, because, you know, we're 44th for affordability. Uh, restaurants per capita, I'm surprised. We don't make the top five. We're not in the bottom five either. I knew we wouldn't be in that. Uh, when it comes to crime rate, we are not in either the top five or the bottom five. So those are just some of the factors that they looked into for that. 508-996-0500. Good morning. You are next on WBSM. Hello, you're on the air. No? All right. Well, we have another call here. Let's take this one. Good morning. You're next on WBSM. Good morning. Morning. I take all this stuff with a grain of salt. We got millions of people 
coming across the border going just about anywhere and uh, any state, any place in any given month. So, you know, how much uh, stupid trust do I need to take this seriously, considering the state of the country's migration and flux of millions of people, etc.? I think it comes down to your own neighborhood. I'm, I'm, I'm having trouble making out what you're saying. Is it's, it's coming across very jumbled. Is that better? A little better, yep. Yeah, well, the, the, the bottom line is the board is closed, correct? According to Mayor. I'm, I'm still having a little bit of trouble. I'll call back. Okay. Yeah, I've, I've noticed, caller, that when you've been calling in lately, your, your phone sounds a little bit uh, muddled. So I don't I don't know if that's you know, the uh, landline or if that's a cell phone, but it's just coming through a little bit muddled. Uh, makes it hard. If I can't hear it, there's no way people can hear it over the air because we get a we get a nice clean feed in before it goes back out over the airwaves, which is going to, you know, cause a little bit more, a little bit more degradation of the signal. 508-996-0500. So we can talk some more about those rankings if you want. I don't want to give them too much um, credit because they're not real uh, it's not to say that they didn't do their research, but it's just, it's a formula that they utilize that um, I don't think is the reality of the situation. I think we need to have affordability of much higher rank than, say, education and, and, and health care. Not that those aren't important, but what matters most to people is, can I afford to live where I live? 508-996-0500. You're next on WBSM. Hi, good morning. Can I, do I sound a little better? A lot better. There you go. Oh, wonderful. Yeah, I was just saying, like what you were saying about the rankings, uh, how can you consider these rankings to be any kind of accurate when you've got unreported millions of people changing the course of your life, your finances, your environment, your stressed out infrastructure, etc.? whether you're vacationing or you're retiring in these states or whatever, I find it ludicrous. However... I mean, uh, you know, Mayorka says uh, the border's closed. Uh, you know, he's got the secret sauce. How come he's giving no, me no, the hold, hold, hold on, hold on. We got to clarify that a little bit. He didn't say the border is closed. He said the borders are not open. Oh, they're not open. Right. And it's okay, in, the, as the, in the not. The store down the street is not open. No, no, no. Uh, not not open ahead, like go that. Go right in there. Go right in there. <laughs> no, what he's saying is it's not an open border that you can expect to just be able to freely pass over. There is a process. He is reiterating that there's a process. They'll still take people through the process, but that that but that he's basically saying you can't just wander in here because you want to. Well, that that makes some sense. That makes some sense. Now, uh, I, obviously, he's got the secret sauce, and he's ladling out the stupid sauce for us voters. Uh, it's amazing the stupid sauce that's everywhere. You know. Uh, the, 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 the Democrats, they get what they want, and um, then they give you the stupid sauce and a word salad. That's a complete dinner. It's amazing to me. And they're not held accountable by the Republican Party. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, uh, I, you know, stink sauce is coming next. There's going to be a real stink sauce with this Georgia trial. And uh, this is the recipe for the chefs up here on Capitol Hill. It's a uniparty. Don't get yourself mistaken. It's a uniparty with few exceptions. Yeah. See, uh, Trump is what Trump is what the other guy was to the Democratic Party. Did, uh, the, um, I'm trying to think of his name from New Hampshire. Is it Vermont? Bernie Sanders. Bernie Sanders had nothing to do with Democratic Party. Ran on their name, and so is Trump. He really don't have a Trump. Don't really have a party or backing the Republicans, especially right now. 
Uh, It's amazing me how much stupid sauce we're supposed to get. So, I mean, I can only eat so much and I have to share it with my friends because they're trying to dumb me down uh, with this word salads all the time. Well, look, I, I, got look, a, I got a woman who's now, Mallorca said we're not, we, I understand Mallorca's doing his job by what you said. I get that. How come Kamala Harris doesn't back him up and show up once in a while in the state of Texas, if not the border? Yeah, well, let me just specify with the Mayorkas comments. So, you know, the only thing that they're keeping it open to right now are uh, people who are asylum seekers and unaccompanied minors. So, it, I mean, it, it, I guess closed is technically closed. Like you can't, you can't come in and be part of the process overall, but you can if you fall under those, under those um, categories. Uh, okay. So, so do you do you feel that saying it's closed or or saying it's open? Do you feel that that's being done for a a political soundbite out of it, as opposed to being the actual policy? I think uh, I think you're very smart and you're very correct. However, if my store is closed but I left the window open, is my store open? Is uh, uh, you get you want to start splitting hairs about it? You know, I left my window open last night. A guy crawled in my window and I shot him. I'm going to jail. Uh, did, really? Because my window was open, but the place was closed. I, I get what you're saying. You can't have it both ways. Just keep giving me the stupid sauce. All right. Well, I mean, uh, you're you're smarter than to fall for it, though. So that that's a good sign. I don't compare myself to smart. I just don't. Uh, I'm allergic to stupid sauce. That's all. Sure. That's all. all right. Well, thank you for the call, and and thank you for the much better uh, phone quality too. Have a good day. 508-996-0500. Good morning. You're next on WBSM. Morning, Tim. How are you? Hey, uh, kind of off topic with the uh, star store thing. Uh, a couple weeks ago, you were saying you were taking a flight out to Michigan. Yes. Would that, would that be to investigate Eloise Sanatorium? No, I'm going to the Michigan Paracon, um, but that is something that's on my list of things that I'd want to do. I just won't be able to do it on this trip. Uh, I watch, I know you don't watch the shows, but I watched uh, Expedition X, and uh, they were there. And the stuff that they uh, came up with, the evidence was insane. I've, I've heard very good things, uh, and I, I haven't checked out that episode yet, but I do want to watch it because I have some friends that have investigated there who have told me some stories, so I want to I wanna see that for myself. I don't, I don't really watch the shows in general, but I'll watch if there's a, you know, an episode with a, something that intrigues me. So, like, I never really watch Portals to Hell regularly, but I, I watched the Plymouth episode because I knew the people that were on it and I knew the location. Yeah. But uh, so, yeah, it- so this place intrigues you from, from what you've seen? Oh yeah, they had um, a Polaroid picture they took of the uh, the girl, the woman that investigates. Mm-hmm. And behind her, when the, when the uh, picture developed, there was a shadow figure, like standing right behind her. They tried to debunk it and they couldn't. And then they were down in the basement in a tunnel, and they turned around, and peeking around a corner was another shadow figure. And then Josh Gates and the guy was in the elevator shaft because they heard noise. And the sound was like right in their ears. And they they had harnesses and they were in the middle of the elevator shaft. Hmm. Well, I'm, I'm definitely going to have to check this out. And that's on, uh, mm-hmm. what, what, what's that on? Is that on Max? Is it street? Um... Um, Discovery. Okay, yeah. So they probably have it on Max. 
And then the, the other thing that was really cool was um, they went to the museum. Josh went to the museum, and uh, the guy let them bring back some instruments that they used uh, back when it was operating. And he had this big needle, and they had the thermal uh, camp, you know, next to it. And they were talking uh, to the, you know, to the EVPs and stuff. And fingerprints actually showed up as a hot spot on it, and it disappeared. Mm. It was a really, really good episode. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to have to watch it again. Like I, you know, it's not that I don't enjoy the shows. It's just that I, working in them, I try not to watch them and have myself be influenced by them when I'm working on, you know, episodes myself. But something like that is is something that I want to see. Yeah, it's definitely worth watching. <laughs> Excellent. Well, I will do so. Thank you for the tip. You're welcome. Have a good day, Tim. You as well. And uh, we can take more of your calls at 508-996-0500. But right now, I've got to take a break. And callers, hang on because we're about to go into the news and I don't want to have to cut you off for the news. So if you just hang on, we will take you immediately following the news. And then you can have plenty of time to have your say. And we have room for you, too, at 508-996-0500. But if you stay on hold, you will get through first right after the news. But before we go into the newsroom, it's early in the morning, right? You're getting up. You're getting ready. You're starting your day. You may need yourself a cup of coffee or some fresh, baked, delicious treat. Well, then stop on by Sunrise Bakery and Coffee Shop, 506 Bolton Street in New Bedford. Every day, they have fresh, baked Famous pastries, muffins, and donuts. So you can get something right out of the oven, right into your belly, and start your day off right. But also think about Sunrise, too, when you're having your big summer get-togethers. If you need uh, some sort of entree, you can get a tray of sandwiches. They have all different kinds of sandwiches, such as linguisa and cheese rolls, casserole sandwiches, tuna sandwiches, any sandwich you can imagine. And also, they have all kinds of breads you can bring to a cookout. Portuguese pops, Portuguese bread. So whatever it may be that you have going on, they have the items that will make everybody happy. And uh, of course, I always say too, the rice pudding, you're going to be the hit of the party if you bring that for dessert. So check them out. 506 Bolton Street, New Bedford, Sunrise Bakery and Coffee Shop. It is a sensational continental feel. That's Sunrise Bakery and Coffee Shops. So again, callers, hang on. We will get to you when we come back on the other side of the news at 508-996-0500. If you can't wait, you can record an open line voicemail or send us an app chat message on the WBSM app. We can incorporate that when we come back as well, but right now it is time to go into the WBSM newsroom with Adam Bass. Former President Trump and the 18 other defendants indicted Monday by a Georgia grand jury in alleged attempts to overturn the 2020 election will reportedly be booked at the Fulton County Jail. Officials say they expect all 19 will be processed and fingerprinted, and defendants can turn themselves in at any time. This is standard procedure in Fulton County, Georgia. Trump's team has not yet disclosed his plans regarding booking or arraignment. Hawaii Governor Josh Green says the death toll from wildfires in the state is now at 106. Only a handful of those known dead have been identified, with investigators gathering DNA profiles of more than a dozen people. Green says over a thousand first responders from around the world are helping out. The mother of a six-year-old who shot his t teacher in Virginia is pleading guilty to a state charge of felony child neglect. Deja Taylor's son shot 
teacher Abigail Zwerner at school early this year, putting her in the hospital with wounds to her hand and chest. Taylor's sentencing on federal gun charges and the new estate charge will take place in October. California says resources are headed to Hawaii and Oregon to aid areas torched by wildfires. Phil Farrar has details. California deploying 201 specialized personnel, 25 vehicles, and more resources with efforts in Hawaii and Oregon. Governor Gavin Newsom says additional wildfire recovery personnel are headed to Hawaii as well as wildland fire strike teams to Oregon to help battle ongoing wildfires. Newsom says a 69-member team from CAL FIRE consisting of debris removal, recovery, and search and rescue are some of the men and women headed to the island. 25 engines... 100 personnel deploying to Oregon. I'm Phil Farrar. A new commission is being formed to look into legalizing the sale of marijuana in New Hampshire. The panel will look into how feasible it would be for the state to control things like distribution and marketing of weed. Right now, anyone who is caught with a small amount of marijuana in New Hampshire receives a citation and might have to pay a fine of $100. Governor Chris Sununu said that he would support a state sales model. President Biden will host the Prime Minister of Japan and President of South Korea at Camp David on Friday. Mark Mayfield has more. Secretary of State Antony Blinken made the announcement Tuesday and called it a new era in trilateral cooperation between the nations. He said the leaders will discuss a shared vision of a free and open Indo-Pacific. The meeting comes amid growing concern over North Korea and China. I'm Mark Mayfield. And negotiators for striking Hollywood writers and the studios sat down to talk on Tuesday. One source told Deadline the meeting ended with, quote, mixed results. The Writers Guild of America is said to have presented a counter to the Alliance of Motion Picture and Television Producers counterproposal from Friday. There was no word on future talks or proposals. In sports, the Boston Red Sox are now on a two-game winning streak after starting their road trip with a 5-4 win over the Washington Nationals last night. The Sox and the Nationals continue their series tonight with the first pitch scheduled for 7.05 p.m. And now here's your ABC, here is your ABC6 local weather forecast. Overall today, it's going to be a cloudy day, but we do get some sun at times. We also could see a couple of spot rogue showers passing through the area as we head into the afternoon. Humidity levels will be running very high today and into tomorrow. So what you can expect for those temperatures, high near 76. Overnight tonight, 65 degrees. And for tomorrow, humid, but the sun does come out high of 78. From the ABC6 Weather Center, I'm meteorologist Skylar Spindler on New Bedford's News Talk Station, 1420 WBSM. It is currently 67 degrees right now in New Bedford. I'm Adam Bass, WBSM News. Stay up to date with New Bedford's news talk station, WBSM, and get breaking news alerts and podcasts with the WBSM app. Think of it as breakfast for your mind. Back to the Tim Weisberg Show on WBSM.
Welcome back in 508-996-0500. Good morning. You were on WBSM. Morning, Tim. Morning. Colleen, how are you? All right, how are you? Good. Um, yeah, that's so sad about the staff store, but, but you know what? I never went into one when it was a school. But I think that what they should put in there is a bunch of shops. And um, we don't have any uh, souvenir shops downtown anymore when Elaine left. Um, remember her? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Elaine Lima. Um, she was right across here from Salt Marshes. That's where she was. And um, so we have no... Uh, Nothing, you know, yeah, nothing down there. But, you know, with the Zaitarian right diagonally across, he would probably make some money in there, coffee shops. I mean, the big restaurant must still be downstairs. Have you been in there? No, I haven't been in. No. Because that restaurant's big. It's not, not, not a lot. I heard you say yesterday lunch counter. <laughs> it fit about, uh, I think, 200, 200 and 300 people in that restaurant. Oh, wow. It's called the, Star, the Star's Pride. And my father was the one that, because um, he was manager there, he's the one that, Designed the whole thing and all that stuff, so for the whole store, and um, yeah, they had the they had the dining room, they had the booths, they had two big counter bays, they had they had all kinds of food there. I mean, and then and then we had the deli. That's where I worked in the deli after. Now, um, now would be the time to do it too, because as they're doing the renovations on the Zaitarian, you know, you could mm-hmm. have the two things kind of open up at the same time and and really? transform that yep. that block. I know, and I wish they never cut painted it white. I wish they just kept it the same. What, what, what was it before? Just brick? It was, it was like brick. Mm-hmm. It's a beautiful building. I've, see, I've seen some of the old photos from, from yeah. back in the day. I have some hanging in my in our house. <laughs> do you do you know when do you know when it shut down as the Star Store? Eighty six. What eighty six? Nineteen eighty six or eighty five. I worked there from um, when I was I always say till um, I started in seventy four, and I worked. I worked about 14 years there, and then they were liquidating. I worked the whole liquidation until they closed and, um, in all the departments. But anybody that wanted to, and we all got paid. And, and the liquidator was very nice. He threw us a big party at um, uh, out, yeah, Randolph. The name of that place. Oh, Lantana? Lombardo's? Yes, Lantana. Yes, Lantana. And then, and, was, us, and then another store went in briefly, didn't it? Stewart's. Yep. Stewart's went in there. It didn't last too long. My father was, um, they offered my father the job there, and he stayed because he just, he was ready to retire anyway, but he just, you know, he just wanted to stay. Was that Stewart's like the chain? Yes. Wow. Uh, yeah, they, yeah, they closed up pr- probably not long after that as a, as a right. chain. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I know. He, my father works like, and Gorin's was um, the ones that owned um, all the Almond stores. There was a whole bunch of them. And um, there was Almond's. I don't know if you've heard of any. You're probably too young. Almy's, Edgar's, then there was one in Maine, Freezes, that's where we lived out there, too. Um, and then there, in New York, they owned quite a few of them. It was Gorin's Incorporated. Mm. And um, and they just, um, they they told my father the night before, and he had to tell all his employees that they were going to be closing. So, and he had to get everybody together in the morning in the restaurant. I never saw my father cry. Oh my God! When he had to tell all the employees, they were there for like fifty years before, before my father. There was people like elderly people that were still working there, but um, but it was a great. It was five floors, you know. It had everything in there. One time stopping, I stopped shopping. Shopping, I mean, God, I was just getting ready to go to the damn dentist. But um, anyway, uh, I think that 
you know, another another deli would be nice. We had a nice deli down there. You know, we need and, we need a real Jewish deli in New Bedford. And we had knishes and everything in there, yeah. And it was and they were Jewish Gorins that owned it. You, you know, if if they do decide to to go with that plan of putting in some retail space and 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 restaurant space, I'm, I'll reach out to the to the guy that opened up Maven's Delicatessen in, in Pawtucket. Because I told him, you know, back then, I was like, when you're looking for another location, New Bedford is the place to look. So, hey, yeah. maybe maybe we can make that happen. Yeah, nothing like a Jewish deli. I love it. And Winthrop Mass, when I used to live there, um, they had one called Gruden's. It was really, really good. And uh, Lena's, I don't know if that was Jewish or not, but they had really good subs and things. But anyway, that's my input on it. I just hate to see it close again, but... I think it, I I don't I, I don't know. I'd rather have it as a retail store and um and shops and different things like that because it's big enough. Yeah, I think they can you know? probably have a little mixture of uh, of all things there. And I'm sure there's ghosts in there too. Well, that's a whole <laughs> different thing, Patrick Down. If you're listening, I'd love to come in and investigate and look around for ghosts and bring Colleen you with me what? so she can talk to some of them. Yeah, I will. I probably know them all. <laughs> that's what I'm planning. All right. All right. You have a good you day. Have a great. Yeah, you too. Bye-bye. And uh, by the way, just uh, childhood memory unlocked there when she mentioned Stewart's. I hadn't thought of Stewart's in forever. And if you ask me to name a bunch of forgotten department stores and stores and retail stores in Massachusetts from my childhood, I don't think I would have had Stewart's come to the top of my brain. But that caused me to just look it up real quick and see the old logo and say, oh, yeah, I do remember Stewart's. And I'm trying to remember where we went to it. Maybe Brockton, because I grew up in in the Randolph area. I grew up in Randolph and Brockton, and then in first grade, I moved to Plymouth, lived there until fifth grade, and then moved through fifth grade, and then moved to Sandwich in sixth grade, Sandwich Forestdale, and then came to Wareham in eighth grade, and have been in that area ever since. So I, I think probably Brockton. I'll have to ask my mom. She remembers all of that stuff. 508-996-0500. You're next on WBSM. Hey, Tim. How are you doing? Good. How are you? Not bad. Hey, can we talk about uh, your article from yesterday in regards to the uh, 17-year-old? Uh, yes. So do, do we know if that's gang-related? The uh, police I mean, didn't I'm, say. I'm just, a, I'm just assuming it's, uh, I'm assuming it's gang-related just because of the, the 29-year-old and the 17-year-old kind of hanging out together. Right. The, the only thing that wasn't clear is that, you know, they, I, I wasn't sure if they were relatives, if they were related. Right. We get very so, limited information, and there's a lot of stuff that will be, you know, redacted or kept from us because of the ongoing investigation. Right, and then obviously the age of the, the, uh, the kid, too. Yeah, but I would think um, if it's a relative, you could at least say, you know, that it was th the two people were related. Right. No, absolutely. So my, my question is, is, what is going on in, in regards to, like, a gang unit in the... In, uh, the police department, is that understaffed? Is this an ongoing issue that we consistently have? It seems like we're, we're seeing a growing amount of, of gang activity uh, in the city. And it, it seems like, like in years past, we used to have gang units, right? We used to have somebody or, or a group of specialized police uh, officers in charge of, you know, 
infiltrating gangs, finding out what's going and, on and, and, and all this. And it just seems like that that's done by the wayside or No, there the still is. Staff. I mean I mean they, they report you know, when they're giving us this information, they'll say detectives with the gang unit. Um, yeah. but some sometimes they put the, the overarching department which is in uh, crime intelligence, intelligent crime I don't know, something like that. Um, sure. I think I mentioned it in the story yesterday, but that's kind of the umbrella of the gang unit is under that umbrella. So it is still there. I don't know how many of the 50 officers or so that have left were part of the gang unit, but um, they do still mention the gang unit quite frequently in, in these arrests. Okay, yeah, because it just seems like it, it's, it's more and more activity in regards to the gang activity. A lot more guns are on the street. If, um, if I had to make a guess, and this is just me kind of speculating as to why that might sure. be, we're seeing a lot of the Latin kings now being incarcerated as a result of Operation Thrown Down a few years ago. So yep. maybe maybe the feeling here is from rival gangs that the Latin kings are, are, are weak and that this is their chance to kind of, you know, establish dominance. That's just a guess. I have no idea if that's true or not. Right. Well, I think that's a, that's a pretty educated hypothesis on your on your end. I mean, you're, you're kind of like the boots on the ground, the ears, ears of the city um, and finding out what's going on. It's just, I don't know, I, I just see it. On and on, I, I think one of the biggest issues facing the city in regards to gangs is you see a rise of gang activity whenever you see, you know, economic hardship because people are looking for a, a way to make ends meet, and unfortunately, you start getting wrapped up into this quote-unquote family kind of atmosphere of a gang and, and try to make money and try to, you know, get rich or whatever. Whatever the issue is, it seems like when. When you have a more educated population and a more economically viable population, you see gang gang related stuff go down. Well, and, uh, and the, I think that's something that we need to focus on too. The other part of that too is what, what's the main economic driver for gangs? It's drugs, and when when things are hard, the regular citizenry tends to fall into addiction more, and then they're more dependent on the gangs, and that only strengthens the gangs' positions. Well, I yeah, I get that. That's uh, that's the viable uh, best way of income. But the reason I think that they look for that viable way of income is because of economic hardship. Yeah, no, you know, no I doubt. Think, I think lack of education or barriers to education or whatever you know in in regards to trades. I mean, there's a whole, but it all revolves around their ability to get money and make a living, an honest living, they, if they don't have that opportunity, or if they, they just feel that they don't have that opportunity, you know, the, the victim mentality that a lot of these uh, gang units kind of push on the young ones, like, hey, you know, the society doesn't care about you, come with us. I think that's that's how we can get through. Like, make sure that we build a positive message for, for these kids. Yeah. You know, build a positive, you know, tell them, you know, there is a way out. You can get an education. This is the best way to do it. And you can actually make more money. You can have a better lifestyle than running from the cops and, and getting gang involved, involved in different gangs. So I think the issue is, you know, start start throwing these gangs, the, the leaders of the gangs, maybe not so much the gang members, but the leaders of these gangs into prison more often. Stop letting them out so early with these, you know, sweetheart deals. Or just feeling bad because they were, you know, in a game because they were poor. Stop doing that. Stop being a little harder on them. And I think you start to see that, you know, mentality in, in the games kind of go away. Absolutely. No, thank, right, thank you for the call. And yeah, 
I'll, I'll say too, you know, as as the person who's been writing up a lot of the stories about the um, suspects caught in Operation Throwdown, they get con- which was the big sweep of all the Latin Kings. They arrested something like sixty five people, and twenty seven of them or so were from New Bedford. And in that, in the results of that, in in the prosecution of of, of those suspects. They, which I think they finally have now, they've got everybody but one. There's one person who's still on the run, but everybody else who was arrested in that has now been prosecuted and convicted. But there was one person just recently who was, you know, charged with RICO, uh, involved in the drug trafficking organization and the enforcement and all that. And they were sentenced to time served from the time that they've been in jail since that sweep happened. You know, what, what is that showing them? They're, they're back out on the street now. So, yeah, you're convicted, but go home and go back into what you were doing before. And uh, and I just, I, I think that it's just the nature of the statutes of these laws, and they, they do have to find a way to make it a little bit tougher because, you know, I don't, I have sympathy for people who struggle to make ends meet. I don't have sympathy for people who go into these, you know, criminal enterprises. There's a difference between the guy who is just selling weed to his neighbor's because he needs to make a little bit of extra cash as opposed to a drug trafficking organization. Uh, callers, hang on. i got to take a quick break. We'll be back in a few moments, and we'll go right to you. Get back to your calls. Good morning. You're next on WBSM. Hello. Hi, you're on the air. How are you today? Good. How are you doing? Good. Um, yeah, I've been talking about police uh, and gang units. Well, this is related to the police, but not the gang units. Um, yesterday I had an issue, uh, with my vehicle, somebody got into my vehicle, stole some money. Um, so I called, the uh, Bedford police, the detective bureau, and I asked them, uh, a few questions about, um, would they come out and do fingerprints on a, uh, on a, on a crime that happened. And the person, uh, on the other line said, we don't no longer have a fingerprint unit. So they don't come out and do fingerprints. He recommended I call uh, uh, Norfolk County. They might have somebody. Um, he also went on to say, yeah, we went down from 14 detectives down to six detectives. So being shorthanded, I guess, is the thing mm-hmm. uh, for the New Bedford Police Department. Yeah, they've lost about 50 officers com- you know, for what they had budgeted for. Wow. Uh, has anybody asked the mayor why or just... Oh yeah, no. He's talked about it quite a bit. Um, you know, it's it's that they're going. They were going to other communities. They were getting, you know, more money in other places where they didn't have as much danger to face every day, and so okay. that's why they are working now to increase the salaries of the police officers uh, under this new contract. While they're working to have the sign-on bonus, they have the sign-on bonuses now um, for officers that stay after I think ninety days. So they're they're doing what they can to to not only bring in new officers but to retain the ones that they have. That's that's actually good to hear. So, yeah. Well, I mean, I think you know, there's probably more that can be done, but they'll they'll take it a step at a time. Yeah. Okay. I just wanted to put that out there. So I appreciate it. Thank you for the call. I'm sorry that happened to you. Okay. Thank you. Bye. Have a good day. And uh, we do have to take one final break. We'll be back in a few moments. And in the blink of an eye, another hour flies by. But we'll be back with another hour of the program coming up after the news. We can talk more with you about, well, there's a lot on the table this morning. We were talking about the gang issue in New Bedford. We were talking about the Star Store. I can read to you some of uh, Representative Markey's statement again in the next hour. We were talking about this Wallet Hub ranking that Massachusetts is the best state to live in.
And uh, also this story about the Lizzie Borden house, the owner of the Lizzie Borden house, uh, looking at possible litigation against the Miss Lizzie's Coffee, a coffee shop that opened up right next